0: This episode of Full Stack Radio is brought to you by Hired. If you're a developer, designer, or product manager who's looking for a new opportunity, head over to Hired's website and create a profile to start receiving offers from companies who need what you do. If you accept a job through Hired, you'll receive a $2,000 signing bonus. And if you sign up through Hired.com slash Full Stack Radio, they'll double that signing bonus to $4,000. So thanks again to Hired for sponsoring the podcast. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Full Stack Radio podcast, where I talk to people in the software industry about everything from user experience to product design to unit testing and system administration. I'm Adam Waden, as always, and today I'm here with Adam Culp. How's it going, Adam? Great, great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, do you mind uh, just giving a brief introduction about uh, kind of what you're known for and what you're up to and what's keeping you busy these days?
1: Yeah, no problem. So, I work with Zen Technologies. I am a, um, you know, I'm a, also from South Florida. Zend is, of course, worldwide. We have an office in uh, Israel as well as in California and Germany and a couple other places, but our main ones are Israel and California. Uh, I'm, in, I'm based out of Florida. I work as a consultant, so I do a, a fair bit of travel to help companies with their architecture, building new applications, maybe refactoring old applications, things like that. Um, I'm the organizer of the South Florida PHP user group. We have about 750 members in South Florida from West Palm Beach down to Miami, and i'm also the organizer of sunshine php which is the the conference in february in miami because there's a lot of worse places you can be in february than miami
0: <laughs> definitely i think uh, sunshine php is uh the conference that i've always wanted to make it out to especially as someone living in canada going down to uh, miami in february sounds like a pretty uh pretty awesome escape and i'm sure you get a lot of people trying to make excuses to make it out there
1: for the same reason yeah, no doubt. Uh, in In Europe, it's kind of the lottery, right? It's uh, you know, people a lot of people put in the call for papers, and they're like, it's it's, it's like winning the lottery when you get selected to <laughs> go speak at Sunshine.
0: <laughs> yeah, totally awesome. So uh, I hear you're involved organizing ZenCon as well this year.
1: Yes, I am. Uh, so I I've been with Zen for two years now. And because I do have uh, a little bit of experience behind me doing conferences uh, with Sunshine PHP, uh, Zend, of course, is, is uh, gracious enough to let me contribute there as well. And uh, last year, I helped out a little bit and, and got things up and running, and, and it went pretty well. So this year, uh, based on some new ideas from Zend as well as myself, we're actually moving ZenCon to Las Vegas. Uh, Instead of doing it in Santa Clara this year, we're going to do it in Las Vegas. Uh, It's still October, still same time frame that we've done it every year, but we moved it to Vegas, and uh, and, and I'm one of the primary organizers. We have three organizers that are primary. We have other people helping, of course, because ZenCon is just a monster. It's it's a big conference. It's a a lot of developers under one roof, and uh, so there's three of us primarily running it as well as the rest of the staff. And uh, and kind of something else we're doing new this year is we have dedicated tracks for many of the leading projects or or or, or uh, popular projects in PHP, you know, like Laravel and Zen Framework and Symfony and Drupal and Magento, WordPress, Joomla. I mean, we're we're kind of we're, we're we want to unite PHP a little bit more, um, and, and also introduce more of these projects to the enterprise space which is what zend is known for right being enterprise php and and it's kind of the enterprise businesses way into php because zend of course warranties the stack uh, for php for enterprise companies awesome so how many tracks are you actually planning on having total this year so this year we have we have one main room Uh, which is going to be, you know, that's like the the main room where everybody gathers for the keynotes at the beginning and the midday and things like that. And then we have six other breakouts um, that are uh, we're planning on those being quite sizable. So in all, we're going to have seven main tracks. Now we're also going to have the UnCon and some other things going on simultaneously. But main feature tracks or main feature speaking rooms of the conference, main session rooms are going to be seven. Um, so the so we're looking. Uh, we have a list of about nine tracks. So obviously, each track is not going to last the entire conference because we only have seven main rooms. Um, but depending on the call for paper submissions, which is going quite well, but uh, those who haven't submitted their talks, please go to cfp.zencon.com and submit your talks. And, um, and based on the number of submissions and the number of, of talks that we select, then we'll decide, okay, which track will last, you know, one day or two days or, or, or you know, two and a half days of the conference and so forth.
0: Awesome. So you're talking about the CFP a little bit. Something that I think would be kind of neat to talk about is uh... – as a conference organizer, what sort of stuff are you looking for in an abstract? Like what sort of things uh, do you find that your attendees are are most interested in and, and what sort of proposals really grab your attention?
1: Well, the thing is, is with dealing a lot with enterprise PHP, as Zen does. Now, now my talk selection for Sunshine is a little bit different than it is for ZenCon, Right. Um, with Zencon specifically there 's mostly enterprise level developers, so they tend to be more core developers. They tend to be a lot less of uh, front end developers tend to be a lot less of that sort of thing right mm-hmm. and in some cases unfortunately, they tend to you know to use different frameworks and, and things that aren 't necessarily you know mainstream maybe they made it their own or something like that because it 's very large traffic you know, in very large uh, applications that many of them have been around for five to ten years uh, because it's enterprise. Enterprise doesn't have the fast turnover that you find with smaller companies, so they tend to keep things forever. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, so, so that being said, um, with ZenCon, you know, I kind of lean towards away from... The norm of the community conferences, um, not necessarily. The, I mean, that's not necessarily the case. We do have some crossover there, but uh, but we try to pick things that are a little bit different, for, so the enterprise folks can see the other side, right? Um, so so while you know while some conferences may focus on you know core development and and maybe command line development things like that, you know we we tend to we have to pull in a lot broader talk base. So with Zencon, I mean, we're really I mean, really the sky's the limit. Anybody who has anything that they think is of worth to speak about, and that's pretty much anything, right? Um, you know, it, it, bring it to the table. Let us let us take a look at it and see if it fits in the schedule somehow. Because uh, you know, as most people are aware with conferences, day-to-day, that can change,
0: right? Yeah, for sure. So being a conference that's kind of geared towards um, you know, developers in the enterprise space. That sounds like an opportunity, uh, to me anyways, it sounds like an opportunity to really give some good talks on things like refactoring and and dealing with long living code bases and stuff like that. For me, I've always found like as a conference attendee, and I don't know what what other people think, but I've always gotten a lot out of talks with actually like a lot of code, (laughs) so I know, for example, I saw you give a talk at uh, True North PHP last year, a refactoring talk that was, you know, right down deep in the low-level details, like code on the on the slides, doing lots of stuff, and um, that's always really interesting to me as an attendee because you really get to you learn little things. Like I, th- I find, a lot of people try and uh, or a lot of people think the sort of talks that they need to submit to a conference are kind of big, grand. Ideas or like big motivational talks, or you know, something that's gonna like totally change the way people think, or just trying to like think too big sometimes. When I think you can, you can do a talk on refactoring, you know, a couple classes of code for 40 minutes, and a lot of people can learn a lot of really solid practical takeaways from that, that they can actually apply to their code. And you might not like blow someone's mind or, or inspire them to do, you know, some totally new thing, but, uh, to actually come away with like tangible things that you can apply to things, I think is, is a really valuable thing. I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you like talks that are full of code or do you more enjoy the talks that are about bigger ideas or, uh, inspirational or motivational?
1: You know, it's interesting you bring that up. I, I wrote a pod, or I wrote a uh, blog post. Um, oh, I think it's a couple months now, where um, I was challenging speakers in the PHP space to get a little more technical. Because uh, after Sunshine, uh, now we put together a good roster for Sunshine. It was yeah. an awesome conference this year, an awesome, awesome group of speakers, uh, you know, talking and delivering talks, but. I had a surprising number of folks who commented that they felt the talks were getting a little bit soft yeah. uh, or a little bit softer than they wanted. I mean, they were, they, these were obviously developers who said, you know what, show me the code. I want to see how to do something. Yeah. Um, and and they didn't get that. Um, now, now they may have been in the wrong talks. Granted, we do have some, t- we did have some talks at Sunshine that did show some code. We did have some quite advanced talks as well as some entry-level talks. Um in this case, though, they, they didn't get what they wanted. So at that point, I started analyzing a little closer. And I talked with many of my friends in the PHP community, like Cal Evans and some other ones. And I, I said, guys, I said, what do you think? I said, here's what I got feedback from Sunshine. You know, what do you guys think? And, and you know, they were all kind of nodding their head. And they said, you know what? I can see that. So at that point, I created a blog post, and I was challenging the PHP space speakers and saying, hey, guys, guys and women, um, we need more technical talks for these other folks, right? We've gotten a little bit soft. We're starting to talk a lot about architecture, but we're not showing architecture. We're talking a lot about unit testing, but we're not showing unit testing. We're talking about doctrine and, and database abstraction, but we're not showing it. We're just talking about it. And while talking about it is great as an entry-level talk, it's not what will carry people to the next level. So, so in the blog post, I kind of outlined, and I said, you, you know, we need to have a good mix, right? At a conference, we need to have talks that developers can um, have food for thought for later, and we also need talks that they can walk away with something they can immediately use. Yeah, totally. So we, so we need a mix of both. So so as we're selecting talks for ZenCon and, and as I'm selecting talks for Sunshine next year, that's going to be something that I personally am looking at. Um, now, keep in mind that both conferences, and I've said this before, but I, I'm not the gatekeeper, right? Uh, there's a committee for both conferences, even Sunshine, where I'm the only organizer. I still have a committee helping me choose talks. Uh, because nobody wants to have a conference where I'm the only one selecting talks. That would yeah. be pretty crazy. <laughs> um, but and, and it would also be very tough on some speakers, right? <laughs> because, because my goal is to kind of raise that bar a little bit. So so to kind of answer your question, yeah, I mean, I, I see where we do need some more of those technical talks. I mean, now you chose one of my talks, um, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm honored that you came and saw it, which was the refactoring talk, and that one does include some t- some code. Um, it doesn't include as much code as I would like to. I do include more code in my Refactoring Legacy code talk than I do my Refactoring 101 talk. Um, they're both very popular at conferences because a lot of people are refactoring code or want to know how to refactor code. Yeah. And and, and many people don't know how to refactor code. Uh, it's, it, as a side note, that's one of the reasons why I'm creating a Refactoring 101 book, uh, kind of along the lines of Martin Fowler's Refactoring book, uh, but with a PHP twist. Cool. And uh, But that being said, I, I agree. More and more developers are saying, you know what, we need to see more code. I remember when I was a young developer in PHP, not a young developer because I didn't start developing really young. Uh, I was a salesperson that became a programmer. Um, but I remember in my early days of PHP, early 2000s, um, I was attending conferences and I was listening to speakers and uh, like Paul Reinheimer and, 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 you know, a lot of other people. That's just one that come to mind right away. But, um, you know, and they showed code. You know, they, they, were, they weren't necessarily live coding. I think some of them live coded. Uh, I, I don't believe that live coding is e- – it's not – first of all, it's not easy to do in a conference. And I don't think it's necessary in a conference to do live coding. If you're good at it, by all means, do it but I don't think that most people are able to talk in code at the same time, so it makes it really tough. But I think that we need to see more code, and we need to highlight areas of code and be able to show other developers, here's what I did, and here's why I did it. And and I think, I think we're missing a lot of that in talks that are popular, or talks that are being chosen these days. I don't know that they're popular. I think they're chosen so people are watching them, but I don't think that's what we really need.
0: Yeah, I think there's something to be said for watching someone do a live coding presentation, which obviously is a risky thing to do. I think if you haven't really, really well rehearsed it and you created a lot of little kind of save points and stuff to be able to carry you along if you make a mistake, but there's something yeah. to be said for someone kind of creating a scenario, explaining it to you and just like walking through their thought process as they make some changes and improve the code. And you can learn a lot of things that they might not even be trying to teach you just about uh, you know the way someone thinks about problem solving or, or, or something like that. And I, th- I think that's really valuable. Like there's a guy um, who's uh, well-known in the Ruby community uh, named Ben Orenstein. He works for a company called ThoughtBot and he has uh, some really popular conference talks on uh, refactoring and they're all live coded. And at this point that's almost like his thing. Like he'll do a conference talk and it's, it's a refactoring almost every time. And he'll talk about different patterns that he's applying and stuff like that. But uh, people love them and they got tons and tons of views on YouTube and people learn learn tons of stuff from them. And I think the valuable takeaway from that for me is that if, if you want to give a talk at a user group or, uh, submit at a conference or maybe sign up for an uncon at a conference, uh, you don't have to feel pressure to have some groundbreaking monumental ideas to share with people. You know what I mean? If you can, right. uh, if you can take some bad code and walk through things that you would do to to change it. Or, or maybe you want to give some examples of how you'd apply TDD to solving a particular problem or just like really practical, low-level sp- specific things. You don't have to... Uh, be blowing anyone's minds as far as introducing crazy new ideas, but you can deliver a really valuable talk that a lot of people will will get a lot out of without feeling that uh, that immense pressure, you know, to to do something really impressive.
1: Do you agree with that? I totally agree with that. I think that uh, well, I mean I, I tell a lot of people, you know, I, I'm constantly approached by people, and they're like, I, I'm not a speaker. I haven't spoken before. I don't think I have anything to speak about. And I say, Well, do you know nothing? <laughs> and they say, Well, what do you mean, do I know nothing? I say, Well, do you know nothing? And they say, Well, I know this and I know that. And they, you know, and, and, and in their mind, whether they say it or not, they're thinking of the things that they know. Yeah. And 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 you, so usually you'll see their eyes kind of wander up to, you know, as they're kind of thinking that through. And I stop them and I say, Okay, stop. I say, What you were just thinking about, that's something that somebody else doesn't know. Totally. And that's something that you can share. And and generally That's not a, that's not a soft talk. It's not a, it's, you know, generally whatever the, whatever anybody is thinking about in their mind, that's generally going to involve some code. It's generally going to be something that, that they can actually display something. I think, I think too often people overthink a talk and then they end up with a soft talk that doesn't show any code. Totally. Uh, it, It shows a lot of concept. But it doesn't show actual code and how they did it, and i I think we're I think we're hurting tomorrow's developers by doing
0: that. I think yeah, like like you said, you can always think back, like, what did I wish I knew six months ago that I know now? And sometimes it's hard to think about that stuff and, and figure out what it is because, you know, we're all learning new stuff every single day, and and sometimes it's hard to remember that you didn't know something at some point. But exactly. you can make a great talk out of just, a, you know, if you take the story of something you worked on for a month and condense that down into the important things that you learned, uh, that can be a really great talk and it, it doesn't take a lot of, uh, you know, invention or, or creativity. You just kind of turn something that actually happened into a story that people, uh, can learn something from and it can, it can become a really cool talk. So,
1: yeah, you know, if I, if I go every conference that I go into and I, I speak at quite a few, I speak between 10 and 13 conferences a year, and all the conferences I go to, I always ask people, no matter what the topic is I'm speaking of. I always ask one of the same questions. Actually, I ask two questions of all audiences. One is is are you all using Git? And generally, I end up with about one third of the people raising their hand, and the other two thirds wish they were. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, but then I always ask another question: is how many of you are using Composer on a daily basis? How many of you are including in third-party applications and libraries using Composer? And I'm amazed at the number of hands that do not go up yeah so so through that through that finding, you know, and, and keep in mind, there are people out there who have composer talks. you know it, it's totally. basically an introduction to composer, but I took things a little different way. I said, "Okay, I have the user group here, and I have an open open mic night, so to speak. It's not really a mic; nobody actually talks. It's like a, it's like an open meeting at Panera Bread. it's, hey? If you got a problem, if you have a question about PHP, bring it. We'll hack on it for a couple hours while we have sandwiches and coffee at Panera Bread, and uh, and and hopefully we all learn from it. And that usually we usually end up with about ten people." Um, it 's not our big meetups by any means our other, our other meetups in Miami and West, in, in, in Boca we average about thirty people a meetup, but but this one 's a smaller one because it 's just an open night. So what I did on that night for a couple months is I just did a little demo I said okay i 'm going to create a Zen framework application in fifteen minutes. So I did it by by first downloading Composer, creating the composer.json, including the Zen Framework skeleton application, include Zen Framework, and then I created a little quick CRUD application literally in 15 minutes, and I did all that in 15 minutes. And then if you do a, if you do a line of code count, it's you know between 200 and. 400,000 lines of code and I'm like, okay, I just did all that all that 400,000 lines of code in 15 minutes and I've got a CRUD application to do this and everybody's jaw just dropped and I said, that's why you need to be using Composer and, and I think that is better than any introduction that I've seen so far because nobody is doing that everybody's walking through the commands and saying you can do this and you can totally. do that but nobody's actually doing it
0: Yeah, there's something and, to be said for kind of uh, showing people, you know, look what you can do if you learn this versus just this is how this works
1: yeah yeah, and, and I think that I think that you know putting it in practice like that it's one thing to see all that and not, now I'm not saying that all those other talks are bad not by any means there's there's some very good talks out there so I don't mean that at all I just mean that in 15 minutes I can sit down and show somebody uh, you know how to use it and then they walk away and then I get I get emails the next day saying wow I just used composer for the first time thank you for showing me it last night and and they got it because they watched it in action and they saw how to do it Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Kind of on the same topic
0: uh, as what we were just talking about. But do you have any other advice that you would give to someone who is trying to get into speaking or uh, maybe is afraid to speak
1: or, you know, something like that? So I see, uh, you know, in all the I, I do a lot of call for papers. uh you know, committee-type things, right? I don't do just ZenCon and Sunshine. I help other conferences choose their speakers as well, Um, you know, because the more people we have choosing talks for conferences, the better our community conferences are, and and it just helps everybody. So I do quite a few of those. And some of the things I see consistently are brand-new speakers, people who want to speak or think they want to speak. I I think a lot of them just want to get the free ticket to the conference. Um, So they submit their talks, and, and, you know, at least with ZenCon and Sunshine, I send an email afterwards and say, hey, you know, sorry we didn't select your talks. It was really tough. We get, we get 500 to 600 submissions for only 30 to f- 30 to 50 talk slots. You know, so it's hard to choose. I'd like to choose everybody, but we can't. So as part of my feedback, I say, you know what, there are user groups all around the country and And you know, maybe you don't have speaking experience. I don't and I don't say they do or don't, because some people who don't get selected do have speaking experience, but but for a vast majority of those, you know they didn't have speaking experience. So I encourage them to go to their user groups and just speak at the local user group. you know, start out like that and start getting some background. I don't always look as I'm doing talk selection, I'm not always looking at the person who has the best talk talk ratings. I'm just looking to see that they have talk ratings uh, mm-hmm. or or that they have some sort of experience. The ratings themselves are, are i mean although they do play a small part that's not what's important to me. What's important to me is that they have spoken, so I know that they're not going to stand up in front of a hundred people at Zencon in a room and and totally give a bad show when people are spending you know four six eight or eight hundred or a thousand dollars for a ticket, right yeah. So uh, so that being said, I, I mean, my, my key advice that I give to all new speakers is just go to your user group and ask them if, if they need somebody to talk. Chances are they do.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a member of a bunch of local user groups here and have helped pick speakers for some in the past and there's basically no chance of them telling you no. Um, maybe you'll be speaking three months from now or whatever, but if you say, hey, I've got something that I, I'd really like to share with the group. I've never been a part of a user group where the person organizing wouldn't jump all over the opportunity to uh, have someone share something, right? So
1: Exactly. I mean, the user groups are there for the community, right? They're free. So it's not like it's not like if somebody comes to a user group and and they're hearing somebody speak, you know, it's not like they're paying to sit in that seat. It, it's it's totally open. So there's not as much of a contract between the organizer and the attendee. Yeah. Definitely. Um, whereas, whereas with the conference, people are paying money to be there, and they're paying that money trusting that they're going to get a good show and that they're going to see good talks from good people, and and so there is a there is a, a an unspoken contract to pro- be, to provide a good show, you know, on the conference organizers' part. Yeah, Uh, you kind of
0: touched on it a little bit here, and you're kind of touching on it now, but I find it interesting that there's a bit of a trend in the conference world lately. Surrounding like blind call for paper submissions, and I, I think the idea is is good in that you know we want to give everyone an equal opportunity to submit their idea, and we're going to pick the best ideas. But I think uh, what you've kind of alluded to, and I, I totally agree with, it at the same time is you people are paying for tickets, so at, at some point you have to kind of decide that maybe it is important to give slots to people who are guaranteed to do a really good job, right? Like people who are going to give an entertaining talk or people who are really good speakers that people are going to really enjoy listening to because people are are buying tickets to come see this thing. So, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that whole sort of thing?
1: Well, so I like the concept of it. And and I know, I mean, now, for each conference, their own, right? I mean, some conferences, that works great. Other conferences, it, it might not work so great. I mean, if you have a... Generally, the conferences that are doing that are maybe a twenty, thirty, or fifty-dollar entry fee, right? And and it's a little bit more acceptable. I don't see conferences that are charging two hundred dollars to a thousand dollars per seat doing that. Um, I mean, I may be wrong. Uh, you know, I don't know all of them. Them, of course, but uh, but I'm I'm guessing based on what I do know. Um, so that being said, that's perfectly fine. Um, I myself would feel robbed if i went to a conference and and got a poor show but i paid for the seat you know i mean again it's just my it's just my perception it doesn't mean my perception is right by any means you know i'm I'm often wrong but but the thing is is that's just my take and that's what i that's my goal my goal is to to deliver the best i can And, and and i i strongly feel that most people cannot give a good talk the first time I think that most people give a talk better as they gain experience. Now that doesn't mean everybody. That I, you know when I say things like that on Twitter I always get a storm of people answer back and say, "Well, I gave my first talk at a conference." Well, that's fine. If it worked for you, that's awesome. You're not most people, obviously. Sure. You know, most people are not going to be able to you know be selected to speak at a conference and deliver a talk at the same level as everybody else who is going to do it for the first time. I mean, it's just, it's just the difference, right? Yeah. Um, it's not, as conference organizers, we have to base it on, you know, the, the percentages and not everybody is able to just stand up and give a great talk Mm -hmm. the first time. So, uh, what would you
0: tell someone who's trying to kind of break into the, the conference circuit uh, who needs to compete with people who have a, a proven track record and maybe have only spoken at local user groups how can they how can they kind of uh, prove that they're going to be able to do a good job if you, as a conference organizer you're really focused on on picking
1: talks that you know are going to go over well So I would say that that's not super important actually It's not super important to be able to uh, give a, you know impress everybody. What is important is that you create a good abstract and a good title and put it out there on a call for papers. And if it gets selected, then you deliver the talk. Um, I think very often that is the competition. I, again, what I look for in a speaker isn't so much who has, the, who has the most ratings or who has the highest ratings for their talk. What I'm looking for is to see if they have talked before. Yeah. You know? And if they have talked before, everybody is on a level playing field at that, at that point. Now, a lot of the the speakers at conferences who speak quite often, I mean, they are the people who are writing the books. They are the people who are creating the libraries, creating the frameworks, you know, and creating these tools that we're all using on a daily basis. So, obviously, you know, they're going to be good speaking about them. Not always. I mean, there's some people out there who have some libraries who can't speak to save their life. (laughs) <laughs> um, but but and so other people, fortunately, who are also contributing to the library or who have written a book on it or whatever, are picking up the mantle and going with it. Right. Uh, so so obviously, just because somebody has the most knowledge doesn't mean they're the best speaker for it. Um, there's an effort uh, put forth. Kayla Daniels actually created a site called Help Me Abstract, and it's at HelpMeAbstract.com, and basically. Uh, and, and there's quite a few of us on that list that we will actually help uh, help people who want to submit talks. We'll actually take a look at their talks out on. Uh, so, so you go out to GitHub and you create a gist with your talk title and with the talk abstract. Once you've created the gist, you come back to helpmeabstract.com and you submit it there. And and all the people we basically all get an email and we all kind of group pounce on it right and and give our feedback of you know did how can you possibly improve it um, now we're not looking to say oh that sucks just don't do that again you know we're we're actually giving good legitimate feedback of you know what you, you just uh, your abstract is a thousand a thousand characters and you need to get it down to three or 400 characters and and, uh you need to get more to the point and tell the tell the attendees what they're going to get out of it and you know and highlight the problem of what you're going to discuss you know um and so things like that so it is a very positive thing and uh and so far i mean we we've gotten i i linked to it from the zencon cfp and we've gotten a few people have come in and i know for for Laracon, we had a few people come in that were planning on submitting Laricon, and they've submitted abstracts there and we've helped them tweak them and things like that. So it's, it's kind of taken off, not as much as I had hoped. I think a lot of people are probably self-conscious about it, but... Uh, but it really is kind of private. You go out, you know, you create a gist, keep it private, and only send the link to help me abstract, so that we're the only ones taking a look at it. So it doesn't have to be a public thing. Yeah. And uh, and and that seems to be helping. Um, you know, we're we're providing feedback, and people are like, "Wow, I didn't even think of, uh, about that." Thank you very much. And and it's been a big help. So I hope some of those people uh, get selected for their talks. You know, based on that.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that sounds really cool. Um, you kind of talked a little bit. Uh about how you guys run your your user group down there. It, it sounds pretty interesting. It sounds like you guys kind of have a little bit of a mix of, of formats. And I've always struggled with trying to figure out what the absolute best format is for a user group and trying to make sure that everyone coming gets the most value out of it like we've experimented with you know bringing in speakers who give a conference style presentation and everyone just kind of sits there and you know listens and it's kind of like a lecture format sort of thing and and then afterwards people ask some questions and maybe stick around uh, and socialize for a little bit or talk to people about what they're working on but what you're talking about with the uh the smaller one that you guys run where it's like Very kind of everyone's on the same level, um, interactive, kind of demoing around, playing with different things. Sounds like a really, uh, really good way to kind of build the community more and kind of get to know what people are working on and and what you have to offer to someone that might be able to learn something from you or, or what people have to offer that you can learn from them. What have you found to be the best way to organize a user group to make sure that the attendees are getting the most out of it? Yeah, you know, I
1: mean, we've I've tried a few different things and, and you know, and there, we've, we've tried some things that didn't work and we have some other things that have. So what we did is we started out with one meetup a month and uh, that meetup was basically uh, uh, some type of formal talk where there's a slide deck and somebody presenting and then everybody kind of gets together. We get pizza provided by some local sponsor, you know, whether it's a recruiter or a company or what have you and And everybody shows up, we talk and eat pizza for a half an hour, then we do uh then we have a structured talk for about an hour, and then we all talk uh, you know until everybody disappears and goes home. Um, that has grown to be two so now we have one one week and one the following week. Um, the one is in Boca Raton, Florida, which is more north as far as South Florida is concerned, and the other one is done in miami and because the two, the two meetups, those two meetups are about an hour apart at 80 mile an hour. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so to, to go there after work uh, in rush hour traffic, to go to one or the other, depending on where you live, is just nightmarish. You'll never make it. Yeah. So that's, so that's why we split it up to have two. Um, and those two are pretty much the same thing. Um, it, it, oftentimes, they're even the same talk. You know, uh, we'll give this uh, the same person will give the same talk two times in a month. They'll give it north and south, and, and because we have one one week and then the following week do the one in Miami, um, and then uh, the week after that we do the informal meetup, which is an open subject. Just just bring whatever you have. If it's a problem, if it's a question, we get a lot of new people in that one because sometimes. Uh, it, Attend, or, or, or members have told me that they feel intimidated going to the structured meetup because maybe they're so new to PHP that they just get totally lost, right? It, it's totally over their head the entire time. Yeah. So, so they find that the open meetup is a little bit less formal. It's a little bit... Uh, It's not slower paced. I don't mean to make it sound slower paced because it's not. Usually it's some advanced topics, even more advanced than the regular meetups. But because it's less structured, it tends to help them more. They can ask questions. Yeah. So we end up with a a good mix of of some advanced folks and some beginner folks. There's not usually too many in between. Um, But uh, but it's usually one or the other. And it's it's more of a mentoring atmosphere versus a, a meeting type atmosphere and and that 's gone pretty well, matter of fact, just last month the the members have asked me to do two of those a month, so now uh, if we do that, then that 'll take us to four meetups a month so wow. uh, so i'm kind, so i 'm looking at that to figure that out now we 've done four meetups a month before because in in last year we did a uh, the last Thursday of the month, we did what we called ladies' night and and it was kind of groundbreaking at the time right it doesn 't mean Ladies' Night was not intended for just ladies to go; it was just ladies speaking, uh, so it was open to the entire membership. But it was going to be a lady speaking, and that went pretty well. We got some some new speakers, uh, some some women in the user group spoke, and and it was really interesting, really good, and, and it went really well. Then then the the speakers volunteering, you know, kind of started dwindling a little bit, um, so I didn't continue it for 2015, but I mean, we, we still get a good uh, amount of female show up and and still volunteering for some talks. So, so that it hasn't hurt that, but it was a good it was a good initiative that we did last year to do that. Very cool. So,
0: kind of changing topics a little bit, but sort of on the same topic. As an attendee at a user group or at a conference, uh, what do you think is the best way to get the most out of it? Especially maybe as someone who's never been to a conference before.
1: Oh, that's a that's a tough question, really, because for each person, it's going to be a little bit different. But uh, for the most part, I think as an attendee, it's, it, it's, it's intimidating for people. Sometimes they'll go into a talk, right? And then once they're in that talk, they'll realize, oh, wait, this isn't for me. You know, this isn't what I thought it was. It's not, uh, not going to help me. But yet there was another one that maybe they wanted to go to because there's always two talks that are awesome, right? Yeah. And so I would encourage attendees, you know, don't be, don't be shy. Get up. Go over to the next one. It, it's perfectly fine. Uh, speakers aren't going to be. Uh, offended by it. You know, they realize that, uh, that you know, it, it happens, right? Um, it's not going to hurt them at all. Uh, just do it quietly. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so, so don't be afraid of that. And something else is don't be afraid to go up and talk to the speaker afterwards if you have more questions or catch them in the hallway afterwards if you have more questions. The, the speakers generally are very Uh, very open and love to have the questions i mean obviously they're there because they love the topic and they want to help people to begin with so by somebody asking them questions afterwards and and, or catching them in the hallway for more details that just kind of makes it for them you know uh I'm, i'm speaking for myself as well as other speakers that i know of i mean it really makes it really brings it together for them because it that's the purpose that they're there Yeah. Yeah. So for attendees, just uh, you know, don't be shy. Move to another talk if this one's not for you. Talk to the speakers. Um, Take advantage of the hallway track. I, I have always made it. I've been going to conferences for a very long time, Um, and one of the things that I've always done is I always try to sit at a table where I don't know everybody. Oftentimes, my my, you know, we we become friends with a lot of speakers because we see them, we see each other at all the various conferences, right? So we become friends and 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 you know, almost like a family. Uh, and so, oftentimes, you know, people will be waving at me like, "Come come over here and eat, come over here and eat." I'm like, I'm like, no no, no I'll catch you later. I'm going to go over here, and um, and, and it's, I, I try not to offend because that's not the intent. The intent is I just want to mingle a little bit more, and because there are you know, we as speakers, we have to, to kind of spread out a little bit because the attendees are paying to go to the conference. They're paying to speak to the speakers, you know, and learn the best they can. So I always try to make it a point to mingle a little bit more and go sit at tables where I don't know people. And I'll approach people in the hallway and say, hey, how are you doing? And And, uh, you know, if I recognize them from my talk, which which is rare because usually I don't focus on people when I'm talking, I'm just looking all around the room, but I'm not focusing on a certain person. But sometimes I'll recognize somebody and say, hey, how did you like my talk? And, uh, you know, and did you have any questions? Awesome. Yeah, I think I found for me as an attendee at conferences,
0: one of the things that I don't think it's talked about enough that I really look forward to, as cheesy as it sounds, is just like being able to make new friends. You know what I mean? Um, Just trying to find other people who are interested in the same stuff as you. You get to go Hang out with you know five hundred people maybe that are all excited about the same things you are and I've met a lot of people that way that I still stay in touch with online that have you know submitted pull requests to my open source projects where I've been able to help them with with different things and it's just really cool to be able to get to know more people that are are excited about the same things you are so I think um, sometimes there there's not enough of a, an emphasis on on that side of things like I've been to conferences in the past where it felt like there wasn't a hallway track almost like if there was a talk you you felt like you were supposed to be in there and it it didn't feel right to be hanging out maybe talking to some people uh, interjecting yourself into a circle people talking about something or whatever right and is there anything you do at any of the conferences that you you run to kind of encourage people to uh, maybe network isn't the right word but just kind of like meet people and talk to people and find out what people are doing
1: So, at Sunshine, we definitely did. Um, You know, I mean, we have in the center of the hotel is a a huge atrium. It's like a tropical forest right in the center. And so, and there's all tables and chairs all, all, you know, strewn around. So, it kind of welcomes people to sit. Uh, it 's got a it 's got a, a glass top roof and the, so the sun 's beaming in it 's Florida for God 's sake so <laughs> um, you know and, and they 're here from possibly from colder climates and 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 you know seventy ish degrees and so so yeah, it kind of welcomes that also we have other activities right so we have you know the happy hours in the evenings which uh, there's soft drinks as well as alcoholic beverages. And and then we usually have some sort of game or some sort of panel discussion or something like that, and and it welcomes people to participate. So we, not it's not just a panel discussion where there's a lot of people on the on the stage talking at the attendees, but they're talking with the attendees. And uh, you know, and usually we'll wa- you know have somebody walk through the audience and hand off the microphone and, and get people involved. And, and that really makes a big difference it gets people involved people it gets a little bit loud at times but but that's what it's all about right it's yeah. a, about getting people active um, you know and then of course we have a hackathon where people are welcome to come and hack for a little bit you don't have to stay you, you just come and hack for a little bit and watch other people hack um, you know so we try to do a lot of things to get people active and and out there um, with Zencon they do they do much of the same thing. Um, I mean, there's different activities at ZenCon. So there's going to there's uh, this year, for instance, we're going to have panels and we're going to have some summits that we're going to be announcing pretty soon that are going to be pretty awesome. Um, by the time you get this edited and out, we'll probably already have announced. But um, so there's going to be a lot of cool stuff at ZenCon this year because because we are expecting so many different people from different areas of PHP. Um, it, you know we really we really have some interesting things planned so cool. um, one of the things that um, that I do at sunshine so the first year of sunshine we had a symphony truck and that was that was kind of our attraction for for the first one it's like okay I, when I told Pablo Godell uh, a friend of mine from from Miami he used to run server grove um, you know, and I told him, I said, I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a conference. What do you think of a conference? And he said, You know what? I've been wanting to do a Symphony Day in Florida forever. How about if we do a Symphony Day in, in PHP conference? And I said, That sounds like a great idea. So we did it. We had a symphony track uh, for the entire conference, and but. I was I was kind of sneaky with it because I didn't I didn't have all the symphony talks in one room the entire conference I made people get up and move around, <laughs> <laughs> I, I you know I in order to see the symphony talks you had to hop around from room to room from one hour to the next and and it really kind of broke things up it got everybody talking because you know they passed each other in the hallways and they passed each other on their way and things like that and it went pretty well.
0: Cool man well. We've been going for a little while now, so maybe it's a good time to start winding down. Uh, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about, or anything you want to plug, or anything before we get going?
1: Uh, I mean, uh, I can talk about a few things. I've got, uh, you know, anybody who's interested in. Uh, I have my uh, geekyboy.com blog out there, and I also have a Crazy Floridian blog, crazyfloridian.com, which is my running blog. Okay, cool. Uh, So for those people who run, I know there's quite a few runners in in PHP, and uh, they're kind of coming out of the woodwork. I created a new podcast called rungeekradio.com. And uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts while I run. And so I created Run Geek Radio. And the thing is, is I talk a little bit about running. I talk a little bit about technology. I talk about PHP. So it's a good mix. And, and so far, I've, I've done two episodes, and I've gotten a pretty good response from it. And I'm amazed at the number of people who say, wow, finally, something with PHP and running all in one podcast. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so it's going pretty well. And, and also, you know, just make sure that uh, you go out. If you haven't gone out and submitted your call for papers yet for ZenCon, please go and do that and, uh, and take a look at it. Even if you're not submitting uh, talks, you know, take a look at it. It might, uh, might be a good conference for you this year. You know, we're really looking to do some really special things. And, and of course, it's ZenCon. So it is the largest PHP conference in the United States. And so it's going to be pretty special.
0: Sounds like a good excuse to go hang out in Las Vegas for a few days, anyways. Too right.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, and you know what? Las Vegas is a it's a no brainer for a conference because the 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 cost for the hotel rooms are less. I mean, it, it, instead of the two hundred dollar hotel rooms we've had in the past, it's only ninety five bucks for a night. Yeah. So it makes it really inexpensive for folks to come. And airfare to Vegas is always cheaper, no matter totally. where you're
0: coming from. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense for sure. And it sounds like it's uh, a lot of stuff to do there and stuff, of course, too. So very cool. Well, it's,
1: it's at the Hard Rock Casino, which is, I mean, they do rock concerts there. So we're, we're going to be doing <laughs> PHP conference there.
0: Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Cool, man. Well, it's been really awesome having you on. Uh, with any luck, hopefully I'll bump into you at a conference again soon in the future.
1: No doubt. No doubt. I'm actually going to Open West. I leave tomorrow. Um, I'm going to Open West in Salt Lake City. And then I think my next conference is uh, maybe maybe I'll get to go to Seattle for that one. And then I'm definitely uh, keynoting as well as speaking at Bulgaria. So I'm looking forward to that. That's my first time in Bulgaria.
0: And that'll be a cool trip for sure.
1: Yeah, it looks like it's going to be an awesome conference.
0: Awesome. Cool, man. Uh, So what's the best way for people to keep up with what you're doing or get in touch if they have anything they want to chat with you about?
1: So I'm available on Twitter at Adam Kulp. It's just my first name, last name all run together um and of course my blogs that i already plugged you know geekyboy.com and crazyflordian.com um
0: you know and you can find me at zend awesome man well thanks again this has been really
1: fun thank you thanks for having me it was it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it awesome
0: so uh show notes for this episode are going to be able to be found at fullstackradio.com slash episodes slash 17 if you could rate and review the show on itunes that's really helpful and uh Helps us kind of reach more people and more people can hear about what we're doing. If you have any ideas for guests or topics or or you want to discuss any of the stuff that uh, Adam and I talked about on this episode, definitely uh, hit up the website and either reach out on Twitter, shoot me an email,
1: or join in on the comments on the episode page itself. Thanks, guys. See you next time.